Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you for that. Uh, my name is Andy Knopfmeyer, uh, and we are continuing through our College of Preachers. Um, and I'll just, I'll just say a little bit, uh, I'm thankful to be a part of a church where uh, proclaiming good news and preaching just isn't the role of a select few, but um, it's, um, it's an honor for all of us to proclaim good, the good news of Jesus to each other. Uh, it's the role of the church, not just uh, the role of the person standing up here. So, so thank you for uh, telling me that the Lord is with me today. Um, so our scripture focus for today, uh, if you want to follow along in your Bible or uh, Bible app, uh, the focus is Mark uh, chapter 5, verse 35 through 36. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, messengers came from the synagogue leader's house saying to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leader, Don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. The text today uh, is about a story about Jairus um, and his sick daughter, as well uh, as a woman who has been bleeding or menstruating uh, for quite a long time. Uh, and actually, it's a story uh, within a story, but both narratives are about trusting Jesus for something that they wanted. And Jairus with his sick daughter, wanting uh, Jesus to heal his sick daughter, and the woman who believed that just touching Jesus' cloak could heal her. Um, but the kicker is both of them knew that this was going to come at a cost. Their healing was going to come at a cost. And if you're anything like me, telling someone about your pain or, um, or about anything that makes you feel shameful or alone, the last thing I want to do is to tell anybody about it. Or let's say you do tell someone about it. The last thing you want to do is to feel rejected or marginalized because you're offering that to someone, right? So when revealing our pain to Jesus, whether it's physical pain, spiritual pain, relational pain, emotional pain, and it feels like something's going to cost us, whenever we do that, we proclaim the good news that Jesus looks at us and says, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. When we're at a loss, when we experience a health issue or some type of abuse, broken relationships, hardships at work or financial hardships, or even if you just don't want to be seen as a whiny butt, <laughs> and you don't want to face those things, you don't want to face that discomfort, you don't want to offer those to Jesus because it feels super uncomfortable, Jesus proclaims good news to us by saying, don't be afraid, just keep trusting me. So 2018, um, I, I was convinced that this is going to be my year because there's a significant event in 2018, which is I turned 40. I turned 40 uh, to the jeers of the crowd. I thought this was, <laughs> so this was supposed to be... Um, a good environment for me, a safe environment, but you guys aren't cheering for me, like you guys aren't affirming me. I made it to 40. Um, and, and the, ch well, yeah, this is it. 
This is my, yeah, it's 40. And, uh, but, but when you turn 40, and I don't know, if, uh, and I know there's, there looks like there's people not 40 yet, but when you do turn 40, there's, start, there's some physiological changes that start happening. Um, and uh, so like, like one, of the th- one of the things is like, uh, th- like gray hair starts coming in bunches, like by the truckloads, I'm starting to get gray hair as my wife points out, she's not here so I can talk about her. Um, <laughs> Um, but also, like, my six-pack has turned into this fanny pack. Um, yeah, and uh, even last week, uh, there was a visitor here, uh, and I was interacting with this visitor, and somehow, like, I started getting leaky in my eyes. Uh, I started crying a little bit, and Ben actually walks up to me. He's like, you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm just 40. I'm just, <laughs> just turning 40. That's what happens. You start, you know, getting emotional. Um, but I tell you what, the most, the most significant thing for me whenever I turned, uh, or uh, in my 40th year of life, actually didn't happen whenever I turned 40, it was actually when I was still 39 back in February, and I don't know if you remember back in February, that was our first summer, uh, whenever it was 75 degrees out in February, and, um, and so my, my daughters play competitive volleyball, and if you know any, you know, if, if you want to get good at something, whether it's sports or in business, or, or parenting, a lot of times it takes repetition to get good at those things. Like you have to embody uh, certain practices to get better at something. And so uh, during our first summer in February, uh, my, my daughters asked me, hey, dad, will you go outside and pass the ball back and forth with me? And I'm just like, okay, let's go. So, uh, so we went outside. And um, for, for whatever reason, whenever I compete uh, with, with sports, I, I still think I'm 18 years old. I, in my mind, uh, I, I, I think my body can still maneuver like the basketball sectional champion that I was 30-some-odd uh, years ago. Um, so so here, we, here we are, uh, warm summer day. I'm out in the front yard with uh, my daughters, and we're just passing the ball back and forth uh, in all of my agile athletic prowess um, and uh, until there was that moment when my body told me, what the heck was that? I don't know if you've had these moments, um, but the, the what the heck moment for, for my body was this pain radiating from my left shoulder down to my left elbow. I, I made some kind of movement, um, uh, and, and I felt this pain radiating down my left shoulder. Um, and, and this pain, my body was telling me, hey, you should probably pay attention to that instead of like continuing to play. But um, that, that's not an option for me at all. Uh-uh. Nope. I, I uh, uh, theoretically, uh, not theoretically, rhetorically rubbed some dirt on it, and I continue to play and play through that pain. You know, you don't, you don't pay attention to it. You keep playing through it. And so that's what I, that's what I did. Um, well, it's a couple months later, and even just like small little nuanced movements, it doesn't matter if I'm grabbing a plate in the kitchen from a kitchen cabinet or um, going out and still playing uh, volleyball with my daughters like I did a couple days ago, uh, little nuanced movements still cause this pain in my shoulder, and I'm like, oh, 
And I just, and I'm just, I'm just angry. <laughs> like I'm angry. I'm frustrated. My body doesn't work like it used to work. Um, and here's the kicker. Like I, I didn't even, I didn't even tell my wife about it until about three weeks ago. So I've been living with this pain, internalizing it, rationalizing it, bouncing it around in my head for quite a while uh, without letting anybody know about it and just dealing with this pain, right? I know, that's what I was, inside, that's what I'm doing right there. Thanks, Remy, for helping out illustration with my sermon here. Um, and if, you, if you've known me for, you know, a few days, you also know that I work in healthcare. This is the kicker. I have access to some of the best physicians, surgeons, medication, MRIs, imaging uh, technology in the country, and I still don't access it. So not only do I not tell anybody about it, tell about my shoulder pain, and I know there's something wrong, I don't... I don't even access the powers that be that can probably take a look at it and diagnose it and help with that pain, right? Can you all relate to this? Where are you guys, where are we experiencing discomfort today? Where are you experiencing discomfort? Uh, Is it with friendships at school? Uh, Is it your finances? Is it... uh, is it loneliness, uh, relationships with any uh, relatives or in-laws? <laughs> uh, what about physical ailments or diseases? Um, people keep pointing at each other uh, in the crowd. I won't, I won't say who they are, but I see a lot of this <laughs> in the crowd. Uh, what about past experiences with church? Have you experienced discomfort or uh, potentially even abuse in the church in the past? And, and it goes unresolved in your soul right? Or if you're like me, what about anxiety or depression? Where have you experienced discomfort today? And you believe if you could just touch Jesus's cloak, that he might heal you. When revealing our pain, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, or relational pain, and, and, and you know inside it might cost you, Jesus responds to us by saying, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. So today we, we heard a story about Jairus, and uh, our text in Mark um, tells us that Jairus was the leader, uh, the local leader of the community, uh, or I should say of the synagogue, uh, which means he was he, he was known throughout the community, um, but, you know, he, he could still go shopping at Walmart without getting bothered too much. Um, and, uh, but his title and his position carried a lot of authority uh, and power and especially honor with it, uh, including, um, uh, like, the authority on Jewish law, right? So back in those days. So he would have been well-versed in Jewish law, including what was considered clean and unclean. And what I want you to do is kind of put a bookmark there, right? So he is, he is an authority and he is a leader uh, in Jewish law, including what might be clean and unclean. In verse 22 and 23, uh, you see Jesus coming out of the boat. He just came across the Sea of Galilee. 
in a boat, uh, not a private jet. Um, that's for another sermon for another time. Uh, but he came across the Sea of Galilee in a boat, and as he was walking, uh, you see this image of Jairus coming up to Jesus, and he tells Jesus that his 12-year-old daughter is dying, and he falls down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with Jesus to come and heal his daughter. So here you see a Jewish leader that should have all the honor in the community, and he is shifting his honor onto Jesus. All of his honor, all of his power onto Jesus. And not only that, in front of other Jewish people. Okay? Next, in chapter 20, or verse 24 and 23, um, on the way, so Jesus obliges. He's like, well, let's go. Let's go, to, let's go to your house. And on his way, uh, a Jewish woman who had been bleeding for uh, quite a few years, who had been menstruating, uh, she had heard about Jesus. She saw him as well. And this woman, uh, as uh, Isaiah re read, she had seen many doctors. She had, she had sought out solutions for her problems, and she, she basically spent everything she had, right? She had given up everything she had for, for healing. And she had this thought that if she could just touch his clothes... And you also have to think of the context of that day, like Jewish woman approaching another Jewish man and touching him is a big no-no in that day, all right? So she, she reached out and she had this thought, maybe if I could just touch his clothes, nobody will see it, nobody will notice, and I, and I can just be healed of my, uh, healed of my bleeding, but another issue we have in, uh, during that day was, um, a, according to Jewish law, a woman who was bleeding was considered unclean until her mikvah, which is a fancy word for a ritual uh, uh, cleansing, which means a bath. She has to take a bath uh, after her bleeding. So no wonder why she was afraid whenever Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? So she reaches out, touches Jesus' cloak. Jesus feels the power come, uh, come out of him, and he turns around and says, who touched me? And she was afraid, right? The text tells us she was very afraid. And, there, there, there were multi, and there's a whole sermon in this. <laughs> But one thing we also have to understand is if an unclean woman or an unclean person touches a clean person, then the clean person also becomes unclean. So we have all these dynamics going on. We have an unclean woman that, we have a woman touching a man. We have an unclean woman touching a clean man, right? But she does it anyway. And now she's afraid because Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? But what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. 
Um, this, is, this is just bonus material. Friends, uh, Jesus is not afraid of your embarrassments. He isn't afraid of whatever makes you feel unclean or unworthy, okay? But getting back to the story of Jairus, Jairus is in a predicament now, right? Because as a Jewish leader in that day, now you have Jesus with Jairus going to Jairus' house. If an unclean, now Jesus is considered unclean according to Jewish law. If they go into Jairus' house, that's breaking the law, right? But, but hark, in verse 35 and 36, Jesus has an out, right? A bunch of messengers come from Jairus' house and they say, Hey, Jairus, uh, just hey, your, your daughter has actually died. Um, so, you don't, so quit bothering the teacher. You're, you're good now. Uh, your daughter's died. Just come home. So Jairus, Jairus could have told Jesus, Hey, man, I'm good. I'm going to go home. I'm going to grieve the death of my daughter. We're going to bury her. And uh, like, we're good. But what does Jesus do? So Jesus overheard this conversation, and he says, don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. In essence, he is saying, whenever there's a bunch of noise, when it, there's a bunch of noise coming at you right now, you're having faith in me. Don't lose faith. Hey, eyes on me. Eyes on me. Just keep trusting. So Jesus and a few of his disciples arrived at Jairus' house, um, and when they arrived, there was a lot of crying, there was a lot of weeping, and rightfully so, the daughter uh, had passed. Uh, and Jesus said something really strange to them. He said, what's, what's all the commotion and crying about? Uh, the girl isn't dead, she's only sleeping. Like, that sounds crazy, right? <laughs> like, here's a guy coming into the house, nobody had met Jesus before, and a guy comes into your house, guy comes into your house and says, oh, don't worry about it, they're not dead, or come, wait, comes to the, uh, a funeral of a loved one and says, oh, don't worry about it, she, you know, your loved one's just sleeping, they're not dead, don't worry about it, we're good. Um, but what did everybody do in the room? They laughed at him. They laughed at him. They were like, are you serious? Whatever. They laughed at him. They went from crying and weeping to making fun of Jesus and the whole situation. At each given point, Jairus had an opportunity to stop trusting, to stop believing. But Jairus continues to trust, continues to have faith in Jesus. And the next thing you see Jesus do, he, he makes all of the distractions go away. He makes all the people that are laughing, he makes them go away, leave the room. And you're left with Jairus, Jairus' wife, and three disciples, and Jesus. And Jesus takes that little girl's hand and says, young woman, get up. And she does. She gets up. And then Jesus tells them to go get her some lunch, right? <laughs> go get some lunch. Friends, Jairus does all of this. He surrenders his position of honor. He sets, a, sets aside Jewish laws of impurity, allows himself to be laughed at, by his friends, for what? 
For what? A 12-year-old girl. Or in that day, the least of these. In this story, you have a man who is in power, and you have a powerless woman who give up everything because they truly believe Jesus can heal, that he can do, that he can perform a miracle. But the challenge is, this comes at a great cost to them. It comes at a cost. It costs them their pride. It costs them their position, their reputation, their image. It costs them their friendships. Um, It costs them their earthly dignity to go to Jesus and to believe. You see, friends, we we, we think sometimes Jesus is like this... um, this medical mission, like Oprah machine, where it's like, you get a healing, you get a healing, you get a healing, everybody gets a healing, right? Like, 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 like just shows up and boom, you get healed, you know? And, and I'm not saying that he can't do that, but what we see in this text is like, healing costs us something. Like it does, it, co- it costs us our pride, or what we perceive it as it is. It costs us our dignity sometimes. Or in my case, it costs me whatever makes me feel powerful, it makes, and it costs me whatever makes me feel in control. So friends, today, if you think God isn't paying attention to you or that your problem or pain is a silly issue, just know that Jesus sees you and wants to redeem you. He isn't afraid of your fear. He isn't afraid of your guilt. He isn't, and he for sure isn't afraid of what you think makes you shameful. He isn't afraid of your pride. He isn't afraid of your dignity. He isn't afraid of what you think makes you feel powerful or in control of your life. Jesus tells us, he proclaims this good news over us, even today, as Ben talked about uh, this morning, like we are encountering the power of Christ right here in this space. He is here. And he is telling us, don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. So the way this is uh, working in my life, um, as I told you about the pain in my shoulder, um, like I I kept it like a secret, right? Right? I kept it a secret for a long time. I'm looking at my friend Ignacio. Uh, and, um, And there's multiple reasons for that that weren't revealed until uh, um, we, we, one of our practices of our church, uh, we call it eating and drinking, and one of the spaces that we do this in is called a table group. Or, um, and so a couple of Tuesday, or a few Tuesdays ago, um, we were at our table group or at our gathering, and um, so we, we eat, we drink, we fellowship. It's a lot of fun. May drink some wine. Um, and, uh, but then probably one of the most important things that we do is we pray for one another, you know? And, um, and it struck me in that moment when, when Ben was collecting prayer requests, like, I just, it just, like, it was weird. It's, it's almost like I made a mistake. But I had gotten to the point where I was just, like, frustrated, so, 
so frustrated by my shoulder and I just can't do the things that I normally do. You know, like the basketball sectional champion in high school. I just can't do those things anymore. It's frustrating. And so it just came out of me. I was like, hey, I've um, been dealing with this shoulder pain a lot. <laughs> been dealing with this, uh, I've been, you know, struggling with my shoulder pain for quite a while, and it's, and it's frustrating. Um, so I, I would just like prayer for it. Um, and, I, and, and here's the deal. I just asked for prayer. I didn't ask, like, I didn't ask for a solution. I didn't ask for advice. I just asked for prayer. And, uh, and I remember, uh, so Ben was sitting next to me. Ignacio was sitting behind me. And they laid hands on me. Um, and, they, and, they, um, and Ben prayed a prayer of healing over my shoulder. And what was revealed in those moments was that, quite honestly, it's, it's not necessarily uh, the pain in my shoulder that I was really struggling with. It was the pain of embarrassment. It was the pain of my pride getting in the way of offering my body to the community that needed to be healed. So in that moment uh, of Ben praying for healing for my shoulder, what was, what was actually happening is I was getting healing uh, for my soul, you know? And I'm just super thankful that I can be a part of a community that does that for each other, where we can pray prayers of healing over each other, even when I think it's kooky <laughs> from a scientific perspective. <laughs> so, so how about you um, in those areas of discomfort in your life, whether it's a physical issue or a relational issue um, with a friendship or maybe it's finances, uh, why, why does it sound like a better idea to not trust Jesus and reveal to Him what you're going through? Why does that sound like a better idea to hold it inside? Or uh, maybe I ask it this way, where do, where do you want to trust God? but it will cost you too much. Friends, today, uh, what, what needs healed? What needs healed today? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Uh, maybe a relationship? Maybe some church baggage? <laughs> Is it your finances? Um, the, we have access to God's power here and now, and we want to be a church that leans into that power and we're all invited to receive healing from Jesus. And he proclaims the good news to not be afraid and to trust him. And so um, today we're going we're to have that opportunity um, as, as a church. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys knew this, but we, we're actually starting what's called the healing ministry uh, led by Josie. Hi, Josie. And... Um, and so today, Josie is going to be available. So in lieu of our prayer response that sometimes we pray, uh, we're actually going to have Josie and one of uh, her members, uh, uh, another member of the healing ministry team, Becky. They're going to be standing over here by the piano. So uh, here's kind of how the rundown, and ben, ben will remind us of this. Um, 
There's going to be prayers of the people, and then we'll do our confession of sin, the prayers for the peace. We will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pass the peace. Uh, we'll take Eucharist. We'll, we'll do communion together. And if you want a prayer of healing over you, you can step over here. And Josie, I, I know I am. Uh, you know, my shoulder still hurts, y'all. <laughs> like, I'm still having some pain and issue, uh, issues with my shoulder, but um, you can go over here and uh, receive a healing prayer, which will be a blessing to you um, from Josie and Becky. Um, but if you're uncomfortable with that, that's totally okay. That's where you're at. Uh, you can ask a friend to pray over you as well, just right where you're at. So I'm going to pray, and then um, Ben will lead us through the next phase of worship today.